The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. Fantasy, you're in the 06010. What it do? Getting cool. I don't know what that means. I know. That's why I said. Wait. It. What it? What it do? I don't know. Like, I'm the, hang. Like, hang. Hang on. I'm the guy. I'm the guy that mangles the English language. No. What? It Stay do in real- your lane. Why is he taking my shtick, Secret Squirrel? Um, I'm the one who mangles the English language. I don't know, but I was. No, I thought what hang, it do hang, was a real hang on was a pretty cool way to open up the show. Right, I actually right, like that. Right, is yeah. what it do a real saying? What it do? Yeah. What it do? Is what like, it is? What's what it do? What it is? What it do? That's what you said. What's up, what man? it do, How's baby? Going? Where yeah. is that from? Oh, is that? Oh, that's. It, that's a, that's from Kawhi Leonard. Well, it's Oof. one. Like he is amongst the people that have said what it do. What it do is a pretty common refrain. Not for us in, in my not, age bracket. Not, not for guys that wear a husband, dad, and fantasy football yeah. legend t-shirt. Well, you know what? I, here's why I wore this. And it, it, like, I have a number of, you know, editions of this. I wore this the other day on television. Okay. And I, so I wore it when I was on Golik and Wingo during mm. the fantasy football marathon. Yeah. And I, I posted a photo and I got a lot of people asking where they could get this shirt. People <laughs> like the shirt that says husband, dad, <laughs> fantasy <laughs> legend. You're, you're right? being serious right now, right? I'm dead serious. Look at my Instagram. Go to my IG. Like all these people, like, where can I get that shirt? I try to avoid your, your Instagram if possible. So. No, it was a good photo. I actually hadn't cropped anyone's head off. This one, <laughs> hey! this one was actually a, a good photo of mine. I anyway. Instagram tried to hire you after that. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, like, yeah. We need some more graphic designers. Exactly. I mean, we can use a guy that can't even get Devontae's head to fit into a photo of him. So anyway, fantasylife.com for this shirt. Um, so, uh, <laughs> if, if you're interested in the, uh, husband, dad, fantasy football legend shirt, or Tumblr. They've got, we've got a ton of different designs there. A bunch of new designs as well, uh, which are very exciting. So check that out at fantasylife.com. But yeah, so I don't know if you saw this, but so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do more social. I'm, I'm, you know, just being honest, I'm trying to up my social game. Instagram in I'm particular, to, I can Specifically know. my IG game. Right. Yes. I mean, like, so Twitter, I'm also working on as well, but certainly specifically Instagram. I'm trying to do more with Instagram. I haven't taken notice. And so anyway, I, uh, and so I've, I've been doing these things, and so it was like, and I've been doing this like countdown to the NFL season, and so uh, on with 23 days to the NFL season, um, I had a stat. I think uh, Devonte Adams had had 23 touchdowns over the last two years, right? And so I have a picture with Devonte Adams that I took at last year's Super Bowl. I met him and took him, and so I don't know if you, if anyone knows this with the I iPhone, but like, that. so I found the I found the photo. Like I've I you know I have five kids, so I have zillions of photos. And so it's, sometimes it's hard to find. And so I found the Devontae Adams photo. And instead of like, you know how sometimes if you open up Instagram and then you go to like you go to your it takes you your photos, you have to scroll all the way through. So instead, what I did is I took I went to the photo, hit the little square button, and then, you know, you scroll through to find Instagram to post it. And that's what I did. And it cropped off Devontae Adams head. And it's a, it's a terrible photo. Allow me, because for those who don't use Instagram, I don't know who you are, but like the point of Instagram is to find the perfect photo, to carefully <laughs> manicure it with every filter adjustment. Make sure you get just the right amount of structure, enough sharpness, maybe a little bit of saturation. Perfect, made-for-a-frame photo. Instead, Matthew Berry cuts a guy's head off. Rewind. news from the National Football League. This is the Instant Instant Replay. 2,200 likes and counting for the, the for, for half of Devontae Adams' head. Sympathy. Imagine how many likes you would have got if he had his whole head. Whole Sympathy head. likes right there. Uh, there. Matthew, there were some... I'll take them. No. I'll take, I'll take them. them. I made a career of Sympathy likes. Uh, yeah. I got married thanks to a Sympathy like. Oh, wow. All right. Wow, I learned something new every day. Yeah. Uh, big news yesterday yes, that we sir. discussed on the podcast, so we're going to let you just sort of revisit it because Andrew Luck's uh, week one status is now in jeopardy, Matthew. It went from sure. uh, April, uh, April calf injury that was NBD, and now it's more than a big deal. It is a major concern. Andrew Luck, we talked about him yesterday. How far would he fall in your quarterback rankings if you had to redo them right this second? And what does it mean for T.Y. Hilton? I'll have, I'll have new... Um First off, I will have new uh rankings come out later today. So okay. post... We had to sort of lock them in for the, the marathon, marathon because yep. people had built graphics and everything like that. So now that the mar- marathon is over, we can now update. So there'll be updated rankings out later today. And Andrew Luck will be quarterback seven for me. So yeah. Baker in order, Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, all whom I had under Andrew Luck 
prior to this injury news, all moved down. And one of the concerns here, Field, is that where Andrew Luck is starting to finally drop, you know, so that's that's a positive, right? Well, it's a recognition of how real I mean, right. this injury he's is. Now in the, he's now in the seventh round. But, like, Carson Wentz is going after him. Baker Minus Mayfield and Matt Ryan are both going. three slots from where he was a week ago. And that probably hasn't fully registered for Andrew Luck. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, like, if you're drafting someone at that in that round, why take the risk? The The answer, the argument to take that risk field is that, hey, quarterback is so deep. We know a healthy Andrew Luck is a fantasy monster, so why not? why not take the risk? But in the seventh round, that's still a little rich when you think about some of the other guys that are going there. No question about it. We talked about this yesterday. There are far too many quarterbacks to even bother with taking Andrew Luck as high as some others, according to his ADP, are still willing to go because right now it's week one is in jeopardy. Okay? Yeah. We this went even from broached- no big deal to we don't he's not to he's not playing the preseason as Katie Nolan broke on the uh, on the on Major the uh, fantasy football Katie marathon. Nolan. Yeah. My favorite moment of the marathon, by the way. Um, hilarious. Uh, Schefter was a great sport with that. Um, and then also, uh, now it's week one's in jeopardy. Right. Week one, week one only is in jeopardy for right now. That could change. Like if he doesn't play week one, who's to say he returns in week two? Who's to say this is in a four week thing? Right. I'm, you, I'm not, I don't know. I have no idea whatsoever. So think about that. Like if, if he's not going to play week one, it, let's say you draft him and he's out week one. How confident are you starting him in week two? Probably pretty confident because it's Andrew Luck still. Like in, hasn't played all preseason. Has I practiced know, three times. Si- has practiced three times since what is it? April. But if he's good enough to play, he's good enough. Like to me, he's good enough to go. So they go Chargers in Week One, and then they go Week Two. They play at Tennessee. So yeah, I mean, like put it this way. So outdoors. If he plays in a, Week Two, put it this way. If he returns in Week Two, like the latest I'm playing him is Week Three against the Falcons at I home. Understand? So, yes, but, of yeah, course. But here's the thing, though. It's but, just there's way too many quarterbacks to worry about Andrew Luck as your sole starter going into the season. How about Ty Hilton, though? You know what? Drop him a little bit. Yeah, but I think he's still going to still very good wide receiver. Still put up numbers with Jacoby Brissett, who yep. would be the backup, who would be the starter if Andrew Luck misses time. I like Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, I don't know he's that made he's some strides. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I listen. Is he is he an amazing quarterback? No, but I he's a better than average backup quarterback. He's got some interesting tweets. He asks a lot of existential questions he's, on Twitter. He he's a he's a fascinating Twitter follow. I'll just yeah. leave it at that. Mm. But um, there's no question about it. Just as a quarterback, I think. He is a better than average backup, and I think he could start for some teams in the NFL. Tim Hasselbeck actually called him the best backup quarterback in the NFL yesterday, all over Sports Listen. Center and other platforms. So, and, and by the yes. way, Tim Hasselbeck knows. Like, I, I don't mean this as a thing shot too about, about uh, backup, backup quarterbacks, quarterback and I don't mean that as a shot. I love Tim actually, um, but no, I mean he Tim's, knows quarterbacks of all varieties. Yes, he that? does. Fair enough. Um, how about Kenyon Drake? Because yeah. yesterday he was spotted in a walking boot. Uh, Brian Flores, head coach, said it'll take a while to heal and that they are hopeful for him to return in week one of the regular season. So, the Bellage Barrage is back! We still yeah. haven't gotten a great name. You're killing me, Bellage. Um, yeah, uh, let's, uh, the Bellage Mahal. Yeah, Bellage Mahal's Mahal, pretty good. Bl- yep, yep. Um, uh, Bellage Atois. Bellage Atois. Not me, bad. You, me, you, and Kaylin are in a Bellage Atois. Yep. I'll let it fly. Uh, anyways, yeah, a lot of nicknames. No, I get, I get the, I get the reference. Just the reference was supposed to be when you're, when you're comparing him to two other running backs. It was a Belage Trois, Belage Trois. Or if two podcast hosts are talking about him, the three of us are in a Belage Trois. That works. Sure. Anyway, I don't really get the reference, but I guess if you tell me it works, then that's so, fine. K- hey, not cool, Keith the Thirsty Kyle. One of you guys, like, like we we sent out that tweet asking for Kalen Belage nicknames. And we got like hundreds of responses. Find me a couple of good ones there. It was, can, I mean, it was pretty slim pickings. Um, was it? I think a you lot of names have been played out. I mean, I'm pretty sure we already gave you the best ones. Okay. We? Yeah. So we've selected the hits and we'll, we'll, we'll maybe look so, for So yeah, it's about to be Balage Barrage. Anyways. A barrage of Balage. Yeah, that works. So value wise, what does this mean for Kalen Balage right now? Have we all of a sudden gotten the point? Remember a few weeks ago or maybe a week ago when we did the, uh, Miami Dolphins double trouble and I had Kalen Balage was like running back 31 and I got some, Ooh, ahs. Maybe not so much. I bet by the time that we actually get to full draft season, which I consider to be late August, yeah. a lot of people will be joining me on that that train. Thank you very much. I've only been on the Kalen Balaj bandwagon for like a year now. I don't now. recall. You know what? Yeah. It doesn't ring a bell. I'm sure it doesn't. Ask Mike Clay, because Mike Clay battles me on Twitter all the time. Like, Mike loves to, and like I've given Mike, you know, I'm not talking behind his back because I've said this to his face. I've said this on air. But anyway, like it, I, I don't understand Mike hates Kalen Blage, right? right? With a, with a fiery passion. And I'm always just like, you're dunking on a guy that's literally going undrafted. 
it's the equivalent of like you know dunking on um, you right or Case Keenum like an NBA player dunking right, on or, you right. no but, oh yeah or anything I mean it's just like you're you're taking a shot at like you know who else I don't think is going to be very good in fantasy this year Brian Hoyer and you're like he's not getting drafted like pretty mobile right <laughs> I mean so anyway I I don't understand the people in the fantasy community that that just consistently dunk and it's not just Mike Clay there are other people who don't like him as well the dunk on Name Taylor Milaj who's like literally all off air but like he's literally <laughs> going undrafted in ESPN leagues he's going as running back 49 you have him at running back 31 I have him probably right around there I don't know exactly where I have him I'll look up very quickly I have Kalen Balaj as running back 37 you're actually higher uh, before I've done my rankings updated I imagine come, though when the update comes around higher. you'll have him up there He'll be significantly higher. Remember, six foot two, two thirty seven, four four forty four. This is a guy and he caught a lot of passes at Arizona State as well. He's a big guy. You know they want to run the ball. It's interesting though when when this happened, I uh, I tweeted out that you know Miles Gaskin, uh, the talented rookie, it moves up the depth chart, and Cameron Wolf, who covers the team for us, does a really good job. Says he moved up the fantasy depth chart, just saying that you know Miles Gaskin suddenly becomes like kind of a late round deep, uh, you know, in a deeper league, kind of a late-round flyer type. And uh, Cameron Wolf tweeted that he thought uh, Mark Walton, the former Bengal running Bengal back. Bengal was arrested like eight times this offseason. I mean, right, yeah. But apparently, eventually anyway, ended in Miami. But from, played Miami. Yeah, but like, so Kale, but Kenyon Drake, who's currently going, what, I mean, is running back 26, ahead of yeah. guys like David Montgomery, Lamar Miller, Darius Geist, Tevin Coleman, Miles Sanders. Like, you'd like all those guys over Kenyon Drake, even if we find out Drake is going to play week one. Yeah, it sounds like, though, it could be a long shot for him in week one. I don't know if we have a drop or not, but yesterday, the annual love-hate column was released. He's Matthew Berry. He's Matthew Berry. He's Matthew Berry. You know, on our live feed, they... Thank you, new guy Kenny. I just for picking a good photo of me. Like there aren't that many that exist. That's not a bad photo of me. That could also be like if you were running for political office. That could be your headshot on the polit. You know, yeah, like, not too wide of a smile. Yeah, vote for Barry. Like you know, I feel like it's just sure. not. It's not like a. It's not one of those like for gloating like a, smiles. It's just yeah. like you're trustworthy in that picture. It's yeah. also one of those things that you could potentially see on like a like in a police office with like a serial killer and <laughs> yeah. they're trying to find like the guy. It could yeah. be that too. There's that too. Oh there's that boy, as, I'll leave that there's one there. That as well. But you're but loving you, you like you like Kalen Balaj though. Yeah, I do like Kalen Balaj. I think just like the value, uh, the ability, and the fact that like, let's say Kenyon Drake is not ready for week one. Same question we has with we we just had it with Andrew Luck like. What if Kalen Blosh runs well in week one, week two? And if anything, like part of me wonders if like the more likely scenario than Kenyon Drake overtaking Kalen Blosh is that both of them just become irrelevant for fantasy football. Yeah. I think I was asked this question yesterday and I was going to spoil it, but I think I was asked who, which team had the least likely chance to have any fantasy relevant players? It's the Dolphins, right? Gotta be. Dolphins are, to me, that would be the... Yeah, I'm just, I'm like thinking through their... Other right. candidates would be like, if you're not confident in Buffalo or Cincinnati with A.J. Green's health, but I think the answer's got to be... Yeah, it's got, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I, we, we expect Joe Mixon to do stuff. We like Tyler right. Boyd. You know, Josh Allen was a number one quarterback from week 12 on last year. Anyways, so, yeah. I'm getting a soft track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get to love-hate, and let's begin no. with a couple of players that Matthew loves and hates. So again, love-hate is not personal. It's not that you don't, you wouldn't draft these players. It's relative to where they are being drafted, where they're being ranked Amongst I, their other I don't love or hate players. I love or hate ADP. Right. You love or hate ADP, or when we get to the season, you love or hate weekly rankings. You love the ADP of Evan Ingram for the New York Giants, who's being drafted right now as tight end four. Which is where I have him, right? But so just sort of throwing some support there again. The Golden Tate suspension was upheld, obviously. Sterling Shepard still banged up here, so... In his career, in Evan Ingram's career, in games in which he has played without Odell Beckham Jr., which is obviously what's going to happen this year, basically five catches, eight targets a game in those games, over 60 receiving yards, 13.8 fantasy points per game, which last year would have been tight in five, right? Had four different games last year without Odell Beckham Jr., over 16 fantasy points per game and over 75 receiving yards in all four of those games here. Like, And so I think the Giants are going to be a better fantasy team than we think. I don't know that they're necessarily going to be a better NFL team field, but I think this is a team that, you know, probably isn't going to have a great defense, but is going to have, I think, uh, good play calling. Like, okay. whatever you think of Pat Shermer as a head coach, I think he's a very good play caller. Okay. Um, and, and a very good offensive mind. And so, look, you know, Evan Ingram 
they had fantasy superstars on that team last year. Like, I don't think Eli is going to be significantly worse than he was last year. And if Daniel Jones plays, yeah, I mean, if Daniel Jones plays, I think he's going to be at worst equivalent to Eli Manning. As 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 far as we care in fantasy, in terms of being able to get the ball to people, yeah, I think I think it could be like Josh Allen. That's later on in the season, obviously. Yeah, but in terms of like rushing ability plus huge arm, maybe some accuracy issues. But anyways, I'm with you. There are very few tight ends uh, in the NFL that are worthwhile in fantasy football. If you are a tight end that has a chance to lead his team in targets. It's pretty hard for that player to not yield the return that you are expecting when you draft them. And this is sort of logically stands, but Kyle notes over the past four seasons, at least eight of the top 10 tight ends in terms of targets each year finished as a top 10 tight end. Yep. Which is to say that like you get the opportunities, you're going to be worthwhile in wide receiver and probably, I guess, in sp- speaking to wide receivers, you can have guys that have atypical touchdown amounts, et cetera. But for tight ends, there's like, seriously, there's like ten. There's probably five tight ends in the NFL. Maybe, maybe four. I think there are four. There are four tight ends in the NFL that I think have a legitimate shot at leading their team in targets. Ertz, Kelsey, Kittle, Kittle Evan Ingram. That's it. Yeah, you you would never expect OJ Howard or Hunter Henry to right. lead their team in targets as long as you know uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans are around, right? right. So and, he's one of the four, and that right. by, by dint of that fact, I think there's a chance that Evan Ingram will very much justify. And I'm in, I'm with you as well. A lot to like here about Evan Ingram. I will you, actually. You know, there's one guy that actually could lead his team in target. One other tight end. Who you got? Mark Andrews. Interesting. I like that one too. I mean, yeah. like just call. I mean, Greg Roman in terms of featuring. Yeah. We'll get when we get to the Ravens, but just if you look at the numbers that uh, that if you look at the numbers. Uh, of Greg Roman offenses and tight ends in terms of targets and sort and sort of like you know when Lamar Jackson became a starter and they've got you know they've got some young guys there that maybe who knows how quickly they develop so I I'm not saying it's likely but I do think Mark Andrews would be on the list of of a of a tight end that could lead his team in targets interesting let's I th- I agree with that call by the way oh, Josh and, well we're gonna get to him. But we'll Jordan talk about, Reed, we'll talk about yep. Jordan Reed could lead his team in targets. Too. Excellent call as well. Josh right. Jacobs, rookie running back for the Oakland Raiders out of Alabama, the first running back drafted this year. Roll Tide, twenty uh, fourth overall pick. He was incredible during his last season in Alabama. Matthew, there's not a lot of statistical stuff from what the Raiders did as a rushing offense last year that gives you a bunch of confidence. It's just merely this really talented guy, and I presume a role that you forecast to be a massive one. Hundred percent. And by the way, there's actually a couple of stats. I mean, as bad as the Raiders were last year offensively, okay. and obviously they've added a bunch of pieces this offseason, which are uh which should in theory uh improve that offense. Sixth in red zone rush percentage last year, mm-hmm. top ten in terms of time of possession last year, believe it or not. And now again they've added Antonio Brown, they've added Tyrell Williams. Um and uh hopefully I mean they've they've had some injuries on their offensive line, but hopefully the offensive line ultimately for the course of the season is an improvement on what they had last year. So in John Gruden's uh career as a head coach, he's been a head coach for twelve years, his number one running back has averaged two hundred and fifty seven touches per season. Think about, you know, uh when John Gruden was in Tampa Bay and Cadillac Williams rookie year. Had over three hundred touches right. that season. And so Josh Jacobs, I've interviewed him twice now. Um, once at the NFLPA rookie premiere, once at the FSGA conference. And both times he has told me that they have told him, we want you to be in the running for offensive rookie of the year. We're going to, you know, put you in a ton of different positions to succeed. Josh has said like he has lined up in the slot. He has lined up out wide. They have him in passing packages. Uh, Josh Jacobs, believe it or not, his senior year in high school, I found out, was a quarterback. He played quarterback his senior year in high school. Now, it was basically a wildcat offense. I don't want to. I don't want to sit here and, and make you think that he was a traditional quarterback. He wasn't. It was a wildcat quarterback. But still, just the the fact that he threw anything. And I I literally said to him um, when we were talking the second time we interviewed. I said, "Does Coach Gruden know this? Does he know you played quarterback? Like we got to get a. You know, we got to tell Coach Gruden about this." And he just smiled and he says, "We've already got the package." There you go. So a lot to like about the creativity in Oakland. And as Kyle notes, in over the past fifteen season, there have been twenty two times a rookie has received. 250, 250 or more touches. That player has averaged 245.8 fantasy points. There are some awesome players on that list, guys you'd expect, like Adrian Peterson, you mentioned Cadillac Williams, etc. 
245.8 fantasy points would have been good enough for running back 10 last year. When rookies get the opportunity, they tend to succeed. But even like it's also guys like Trent Richardson and Zach Stacy. Right. I mean, Less like so talented players. Yeah. Right. I mean, when you get volume, that leads to fantasy success. And again, everything we're hearing out of Oakland is like he is the guy. There's a reason they used a first round draft given all the needs that Oakland has. And they still used a first round draft pick on Josh Jacobs. Uh, he is my fantasy ride or die this year. I love it. We talked about this guy plenty over the past week, but Chris Carson is being drafted as running back 23. And, and if I may, just before we move on to Carson, the one last thing I want to clean up there with uh, Josh Jacobs, because everyone's like, hey, everyone likes Josh Jacobs. He's a guy that's currently drafting as running back 17. I have him as a top 10 fantasy running back. I like so it. I have him significantly higher in my ranks. I think he's a legit RB1 this year. you got to go big when it comes to your ride or die. Chris Carson, running back 23 right now in terms of average draft position. You've got him at running back 18. We've talked about how just how dedicated the Seattle Seahawks are to running the football, Matthew. Most run-heavy team in the NFL. He's younger than you might think. Turns He hasn't even turned 25 yet. Last season, end of the season strong. You think about how... So Chris Carson was this, you know, was he a, was he undrafted or a seventh round seventh round pick out of Oklahoma State? That's right. So a seventh round pick, and everyone was just like, ah, I don't know. And like, remember two years ago they they were messing around with like Eddie Lacy and like God, and, I forgot and, about uh, that. And like yeah. Thomas Rawls, and they had all these guys. And like Chris Carson was the best guy. It was clear when you watched the preseason, he was the best guy. And finally, eventually, uh, Pete Carroll admitted as such, and it, it looked like Chris Carson was finally finally starting to become the starter in Seattle. Then he gets hurt, misses the majority of his rookie year. Comes back last year, works his tail off, gets back there, and as the season went on, definitely got stronger. Uh, over over the last couple of games he had, last three games of the regular season last year, three straight games of 115 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown, the longest such streak since 2012 when Adrian Peterson did it. So got stronger as the season went on, and... Now a full year into it, and I think the only knock, there's two knocks you can make on Chris Carson. I okay. think there's only two knocks. Again, talented running back on the most run-heavy team in the NFL with an offensive line that's a lot better. Okay. And that was a question mark going into last season, and that was one of the surprises of last year's like, oh, holy crap, Seattle can actually block and run, run block, right? The two, the two arguments you can make against him, number one are, is Rashad Penny. Okay. Right? Yeah. First round pick last year for a reason. Right. right. And people like, oh, I, you know, they're going to get more. T- well, Mike Davis had 146 touches last year. He's now in Chicago. Yep. So Rashad Penny could have an, a, a significantly increased role, and Chris Carson could still stay a guy that was third in carries per game for the NFL last year. He was third in carries per game last year. And the other argument against him is they don't use him in the passing game. However, Field. right. Yeah, Brian Schottenhammer, their offensive coordinator, recently said, we want to get him 50 targets this year, which... Okay, I'm excited. I also laugh at it. Like, you right. think, I, I just don't think offensive coordinators are that precise in being like, you know something, 3.12 targets per game sounds sure. about right for Chris Carson. I think it was, we saw we had 24 targets for him last year. We want to be roughly, you know, it, uh, hey, Double two times that. that sounds good, right? Yeah, like, yeah, I think yeah. It's, I think it's totally arbitrary. I think the idea is just, let's make it as simple as this. They want him to be more involved in the passing game. Chris, I mean, uh, uh, Pete Carroll said he has the best hands on the team, so... Pretty impressive right there. The other thing I said is like, and if you go read my love hate on ESPN.com, please do. I'm a company man. Or in the ESPN app or in the ESPN fantasy app. All, all of whom are, uh, you can watch us on the ESPN, ESPN app. Yes, you, every single day. Watch that. Pretty awesome. And by the way, the ESPN fantasy app, you can watch the fantasy show on ESPN plus now. But right there. Right there in the fantasy app. Wow. How about that? That's pretty sweet. Let's go. That's coming. So, uh, excited about that. If if you go and read the article, I do a and I won't bore bore you with it now because it's a lot of numbers. But I do a a comparison between Chris Carson. I'm going to blow it here for you. Um, Chris Carson and Player B. Okay, where basically Chris Carson is favorable to Player B. Player B is Leonard Fournette. Look at the underlying numbers of those two guys. And like, same I don't thing. even know if you want to be compared to Leonard Fournette through two years. Well, right. I mean, like Leonard Fournette, but that's the point, right? Leonard Fournette is also a young guy who gets right, a heavy right, workload, right. Yeah. not really used in the in the passing game, had some injury issues as well. Like they they both have sort of the same knocks against him. The only knock that Carson has that Fournette doesn't is Rashad Penny. And again, I think you know, like you're not you're you're more worried about Penny than you are like Alfred Blue. Sure, right? But um, but 
Leonard Fournette's going like five rounds ahead of Chris Carson. I mean, it's insane. The disparity where is insane. He's one of the best values in the draft. We've talked about this One of the best times. values in the draft. I'm as a top 20 guy. I'm as a top 18 guy. And honestly, I think I'm too low on him. Yeah, Chris Carson currently going as running back. He's raised up a little bit since the marathon because I talked about him throughout it. He's now running back 21, and I think he should be even higher. But still, Leonard Fournette going in the third round, Chris Carson going in the sixth. Three-round difference. I Give me Chris Carson three rounds later all day, every day. So Daniel's going to tell us about ADT, and then we come back by talking about players that Matthews hate. Hey, he hates them, but it's it's all relative. I promise. We promise. Totally. We promise. Promise. ADT. You know, Fantasy Focus Football is sponsored by ADT. Mm, is that what right? does real protection mean for our listeners, Field? Uh, I don't know. That's a great question. I'm not very smart. You can get all the latest. He's married now. He doesn't need it. Oh, hey yo. Okay. Because Chapin's tough. Chapin can handle any any burglars that come through. That is. But 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 for for like a 100 pound woman, she is very tough. I'll give her that. Let me tell you this real quickly. We'll get back to ADT in one second. But at Field's wedding, Chapin. You know, Chapin is the first off. Your your wife is rail thin. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, unbelievable. She's like, like she's tiny. like ninety pounds soaking wet or something like that. It's she's, unbelievable. She's fit. She is unbelievably fit. And I mean, people. I, I think people realize this, but I mean, she's a she's a Division one cross country uh, player, right? I mean, field like hockey field, field hockey player. That was yeah, a cross right? country. Same thing. Sorry, sorry field hockey. I, I get my sports mixed up. Anyway, but right, she played she played Division one field hockey, and so uh, I was thinking of her as a marathon runner as well. That's why I was I had that in my mind. Yep. But anyway, extremely fit, very athletic, like the opposite of like me, for example. <laughs> but my point is, is like so, and like a wedding day is very stressful, and so your wife. On her wedding day, like, so first off, I don't think she ate very much, you know, because she was running around everything like that. She was drinking. Never. But like, I couldn't believe, like, we were passed out. Like, it was a, it, it, the, the ceremony was awesome. And then we all went and, uh, the, the after ceremony, you know, the, the reception was awesome. And then we all went to a local bar and literally like at 2 a.m. when all of us are just like dragging, all of a sudden Chapin Duke Yates gets up on the stage and is singing with his band, like, her stamina is unbelievable. Like she is a rock star. At least Your we have wife one is a re- rock star. Trust me. I mean, that's like again. Every day, I remind myself in a relationship, someone has to reach and someone has to settle. Right, Cape and settled. <laughs> There's no question about that. All right, let's get back to ADT. Our friends at ADT. That's right, because with ADT, you can get all of the latest innovation in smart home security from ADT, combined with 24/7 monitoring from the most trusted name in home security. You get a professional, you get a team of professionals designing and installing a secure smart home just for you. While having one chapin is great, you get 18,000 employees safeguarding you. Not everyone has a chapin. Not everyone so does. If you don't have a chapin, you need those 18,000 employees safeguarding you That's at ADT. That's right. You get the nation's number one smart home security provider. You get a secure smart home with everything from video doorbells to indoor and outdoor cameras, smart locks and lights, controlled from the ADT app or the sound of your voice. You can get professionally monitored carbon monoxide and smoke detectors. You get a system custom designed to fit your home, and you get safety on the go, in the car, or when the kids are at school with the ADT Go app with an SOS button. Please support ADT because they support us. They help us pay Matthew's exorbitant salary in order to be on this podcast. So thank you, ADT, for sponsoring us. But you us. know what? That Don't say it like that. What? Because people will be like, oh, my God, Like I don't want Matthew Barry on the show. Like If I don't support ADT, then is there a chance Matthew gets off the show and I get more of my clay? They don't I want that. I never even thought about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. So my point is, is like support ADT. If you like the show in any way, shape, or form. For all of us. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Let's get Kyle paid. Maybe Kyle can start getting paid if enough people do ADT. Okay. There you go. Big right, exactly. ADT. I mean, right. I mean, <laughs> Kyle, Kyle's an intern here. Right. Like it's, Kyle's been out of college for seven years and he's still getting just college credit for this job. That's weird. How many college credit do you have just from doing this podcast now, Kyle? I still zero. Still zero. Still zero. We got a ways to go then. Yeah. We should start calling ADP ADT just to give them Ooh. even more love. Love it. Russell Wilson. Let's get to the hates here. Russell Wilson is being drafted. In terms of ADT, as for the record, Kyle, the 12. correct answer was a big number. Just for that joke, the correct answer was a big number. Because right. you've been doing the show for a long time, yeah, so you yeah. would have. No, yeah, I got to pick up matter. on that, that sort of that yeah. community thread and just kind of played along. Just sort of played along. Comes from the Mike Clegg School of Comedy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Russell Wilson's ADT right now is twelfth amongst quarterbacks. Matt, you've got him as a hate again. 
little bit of subjective hate, right? Like, yeah. you don't loathe Russell Wilson as a person or as a player. It's just relative to where he is being taken. Right I'm, as, I'm as QB 14, and, you know, I mean, like, well, at the time, right, at the time that I wrote it, he was going as QB 10, and so he's dropped a little bit as well. And so I think one of the reasons why all fantasy managers are a little bit down on Russell Wilson, I think somebody casually that hasn't really started, you know, digging through the numbers is like, wait a minute. Russell Wilson, like superstar Russell Wilson, what's going on here? I think part of the problem is is that we expect some regression. Among the reasons why we are so high on Chris Carson is one of the reasons why we're down on Russell Wilson. It is the run-heaviest team in the NFL, and all indications are that is what Brian Schottenheimer wants to do again. It worked well for the Seahawks last year. I think they want to do that again, especially with some concerns about their defense. One of the ways to mask a defense that isn't elite, hold the ball. Don't let the other team get it, right? And so control the clock. One of the things that you didn't really notice about Russell Wilson, though, last year, a ninth best quarterback in fantasy, he was super efficient, right? I mean, like, and so Crazy I think, efficient, yeah. right? And I think that comes, he's always been an efficient quarterback. But remember, his fantasy points per attempt and his touchdown percentage were 21% better than his career norms. Like, he's always been efficient, but like, he just got, I don't want to say he got lucky, but certainly like if you expect some regression, and I think you can if you just look at the the totality of Russell Wilson's career. So we expect some regression, right? And no Doug Baldwin there. And so while we like Tyler Lockett, there's question marks after Tyler Lockett. I like David Moore. Like I think he's a really interesting deep sleeper. And I know there's some people that are enamored with DK Metcalf, but you know, like I'll do like Will Disley, Jacob Hollister. Like there's not a lot in the passing game that's proven beyond Tyler Lockett and the rushing field this is a guy that had 11 rushing touchdowns in his first three seasons in the four seasons since he has just five rushing touchdowns total and zero last year which might have been a little bit fluky but he's not throwing as much and he's not running as much so i am more hopeful than you are for russell wilson only because i hope that the lack of rushing last year was in due was due to the fact that he had a hurt knee going into that sure. season and then in terms of the passing, I hope that the volume goes up, even if the efficiency, which will definitely go down, goes down even just a little bit. Let's move forward to Tariq Cohen. Because again, you know, there's so much depth at quarterback that, you know, you wouldn't be surprised right. if Russell Wilson was a top eight or 10 QB at the end of this season. The one just thing like I will say, just real quickly, is that, um, Russell Wilson has a very high floor. Yeah, I mean, he, like, yeah, he's like been a top ten quarterback right. in every season of his career. Of course, so there's there's a very high floor there. I just think there's some other players that are some higher upside guys. Uh, Tariq Cohen for the Bears being drafted yep. as RB twenty eight. You've got him at running back thirty six. So he had one hundred and seventy touches last year. The problem is not so much that the touches are going to necessarily fluctuate a ton, Matthew. Well, maybe they will. Out goes Jordan Howard, in comes both Mike Davis, and then in the draft, David Montgomery. Right. Is the scare that there's just too many cooks in the kitchen now in Chicago? Yeah, that, that, there's a couple of things. First off, I think the scoring's got to regress, right? There, there's no way. Like, so in 2017, Tariq Cohen scored once every 46.7 touches. Right. Okay, 2018, he scored every 21.3 touches. You think about his usage in the red zone, right? So Tariq Cohen, 36th in red zone touches per season. He wasn't used very much, and yet he still scored at a high rate. I think given the fact that they've added two pass-catching running backs, which they didn't have last year. Jordan Howard was was the between-the-tackles thumper, but when they wanted to, to run a passing play with a guy out of the backfield, it was going to be Tariq Cohen. They no longer have to make it Tariq Cohen. They can make it, to your point, Mike Davis or David Montgomery. And I think Montgomery's going to get a significant uh, amount of target share among the running backs as well. And so uh Tariq Cohen, on a per-game basis last year, uh, per-game basis in 2017, running back 41. Last year, running back 15. So I just feel like, yes, there's more cooks in the kitchen. It's another year in the system. Everything we're hearing out of Chicago is that they don't want to increase Tariq Cohen's role. In fact, they want to like lessen it, again, to make his impact even more significant, which is great for the Bears. Not great for fantasy managers. So. 71 catches last year for Jareek Cohen. If that number drops off by a dozen or so, we have a different outlook for him. And you're right, the touchdowns probably are much more likely to regress. I sound like Mike Clay at the moment. Huh. One more player here, and maybe again, touchdown regression is the theme, is Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Being drafted as wide receiver 27 in the eighth round. There are players like Robbie Anderson, Will Fuller, who are 20 or more picks behind where Calvin Ridley is. Like the player a lot, Matthew. I expect him to be better as a talent this year. Are you concerned, though, just the touchdowns were so fluky last season? 30% of his fantasy points last year came in two games. Right. 
That's um, we kind of end it there, right? I mean, right. I mean, so here's a guy that was targeted on just 20% of his routes, which was 43rd among qualified one, uh, wide receivers. But he actually had the seventh highest fantasy points per target. Right. So just, again, like something has to has to give there. Like thirty percent of his touchdown receptions came on end zone targets. The NFL average is fifty. If the touchdowns regress, I think we're going to have an issue because I don't expect a significant volume increase here. Julio's back. You know, Julio's getting fed. Yep. Austin Hooper continues to emerge. Muhammad Sanu is Muhammad Sanu is still there as well. And then, oh, by the way, we have a we have a healthy Devontae Freeman. We expect to be used more in the passing game here. So I just don't see Calvin Ridley, I think, is going to be a better real-life NFL player than consistent fantasy asset. And to your point, Field, like, look, I think he's fine. But just in terms of where he's going, again, love-hate is all about ADP. And I hate where he is currently going when you think about the fact that Calvin Ridley is going basically the same place as DJ Moore. He's going ahead of Tyler Boyd. He's going ahead of Allen Robinson. You know, ahead of Will Fuller, D.D. Westbrook, you know, even Sterling Shepard, who we expect to have a significant target share. You know, I, I don't know. He's going the same round as he's going one pick out of Sammy Watkins, you know, who I prefer Sammy Watkins. Yeah, I, those I, guys are closer than I maybe. Yeah, they're clo- close ish for me. I would rather have the number two number two wide receiver on the Chiefs. Or even the number three, if you want to see the number three pass catcher after Hill and Kelsey, yeah, I'd rather have the number three pass catcher on the Chiefs than the number three pass catcher on the Falcons, right? It depends yeah. on where you feel him and Sanu. They're sort close of for me. Yeah. 2B, 2 three. Sure. But they're close. Anyway. I like so your point, can, though, that he's going to be a better fantasy, pl- a better overall player this year, maybe a less impactful fantasy player this year. Uh, but there is an avenue for him to improve and be more consistent, which I know Tristan charted him in like the bottom, like, I think it was 43 of 51 wide receivers that Tristan charted last season. It's, just, a, it's been I, the last time there was a number two, there was a wide receiver opposite Julio Jones that was fantasy relevant in a significant way. It was Roddy White. Yeah, it's been a while. I think it, actually Julio might have been the one that was sort of like the, you know, the counterpunch to right. Roddy White as opposed to the other way around. But to you, be fair, has there been a wide receiver opposite Julio that's been as talented as Calvin Ridley? No I'm not question saying, it's the most talented player he has played with. I think it's just. Target share uh, was a little bit of alarming, and yeah, just the idea that you know the touchdown regression is going to have to. Okay, I mean, it's going to have fine. To I will bite. I think Calvin Ridley has more touchdowns at the end of the season than Julio Jones. Ooh, I like it. I think Julio Jones has more touchdowns than Calvin Ridley this season. Can I get out of this? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I say. I say they Julio Jones has more touchdowns yeah. than Calvin Ridley this year. Uh, if we're right, you have to shave off your beard. And if we're I, wrong, we have to, I have we, to grow, we have a grow one. Yeah. I can't, Matthew, for the show and my brand, you know that I can't do that. You have a brand? Yes. Wait a minute. My brand, yes. Yes, but we will figure it out. I po- want to poll. I want to poll, uh, see, uh, Thirsty Kyle. Does Daniel Dopp have a brand? Yes or no? Oh, oh the people Barry. love Daniel. They're going to say They yes. love Daniel. They love yes. Okay. So I think, I think Calvin Ridley will sure have more touchdowns at All the right. end of 2019 than Julio Jones. Okay. Um, I think and then also, Julio Jones will have more touchdowns than Calvin Ridley at the end of 2019. So I say Julio Jones will have more touchdowns than Calvin Ridley. Put, Put it on, on the board. board. Put it on the board. Also, Thirsty Kyle, another poll. That, that was this a Bellagio Trois right there yeah, for Warbet, right? It was hey, a Bellagio oh, Trois. Yeah. Um, Thirsty Kyle, also another uh, one for the poll. This is at Fantasy Focus. Got to make sure you follow fan at Fantasy Focus there on the Twitter. So um, uh, I want to know: Is that the craziest thing Daniel's ever said on the show? That Calvin Ridley will have more touchdowns than Julio Jones. Yes no, or no? There are a couple of spicier takes, but that's up there. That definitely that's, is up there. That's quick, bonkers. Quick break. Time for the Redskins. We rehashed a topic from yesterday when we discussed. Darius Geis with the Washington Redskins, who Vegas has as a six-and-a-half win projection. Only five teams have a lower expectation. That being said, the Redskins are like, yo, Vegas, we've won seven or more games in four straight seasons. I won't ask Matthew for his official prediction as of yet. Darius Geis, though, Matthew. Yes, sir. Tore his ACL one year and six days ago. My ride or die from last year. Is still not cleared, although Stefania mentioned yesterday on the show, like, him not being cleared is not a red flag. Like that was the expectation for him to not be cleared for game action. He is seemingly on track. With all that being said, what say you about the outlook for Darius Geis this season? Well, 
look, I like Darius Geis. Again, my, my ride or die from last year yeah. obviously didn't work out. You can't predict injuries there. But a unbelievably talented player, right? When he was drafted, he was he he fell in the draft because of off quote unquote off the field concerns, none of which have raised themselves since he's been in the NFL. By all accounts, he has been a model citizen, a model teammate. Like the Washington D.C. community loves this kid, sure, hundred percent. Um, and he's a fun follow on social media. Um, so a lot of people had him ranked as the second best running back coming out. Only Barkley was better. So last year, so the talent is there. Remember, this is a guy that averaged over 6.5 yards per carry at LSU in three seasons in the SEC, playing SEC defenses, right? It's not like they had like this wide-open passing attack. Like He saw a ton of loaded boxes when he was in Baton Rouge. All right. The Redskins, look, their quarterback, it's going to be an issue. Right? And we can talk about Haskins or Case Keenum or uh, you know um, Colt, Colt McCoy. McCoy. Yeah. Uh, Whoever it is you don't want on your fantasy team. It'll be Case Keenum first and then Dwayne Haskins, and you want neither of them on your fantasy team. That's correct. It's that, that even I'm saying that. Yeah, like, there's just guys though. Back to him, because we can just. Right. Wasted space. But my point is, is that the Redskins aren't stupid. They know they have con- questions at quarterback. So they want to do what they did last year. I think people forget, like, before, when Alex Smith got hurt, they were six and four in first place in the NFC East. And how they had gotten there, they'd played good defense. And they'd played turnover free ball. Yeah. Like they'd run the ball, didn't turn it over, played good defense. And that's what they want to do this year. And so think about Adrian Peterson last year. Adrian Peterson was sixth in the NFL in both percentage of team carries and percentage of teams rushing yards. I mean, this is a guy that, that was, um, like I think had the fifth most rushing attempts in the NFL. They ran him into the ground. And so, so... I think that last thing on Darius Geis and then, Peterson's one of the concerns there. Right. Is that I interviewed Jay Gruden at the Combine. And one of the things, I asked him about Darius Geis. And one of the first thing out of Jay Gruden's mouth when I mentioned Geis, he says, well, one of the things you love about him is he doesn't have to come off the field. Like, he's a true three down back. Like, I know you guys didn't get to see it last year because he got injured, but we saw it in practice. He is a great pass-catching running back. We don't feel like we need to take him off the field on third down. So he will be involved in the passing game when he's out there. You wanted to, what do you, no, I was just going to say, that, you, you know, the big concern, and this ties right into Adrian Peterson, is, okay, Darius Geis doesn't need to come off the field, but will he come off the field? Because sure. Adrian Peterson, who was, you know, in some ways very good last year yes, for the was. Redskins, signed off the scrap heap in August, rushes for a 1,000 yards, had that 90-yard touchdown run against Philadelphia that was one of the highlights of the season. Yeah. He's going to be involved in some way, shape, or form, Matthew. I mean, he's being drafted 51st amongst running backs right yeah. now. Just drafted in 26.1% of leagues. The problem with Adrian Peterson is that at $4 million, especially per year, he brings very little value to your team other than when he's actually on the like the offensive field, in the huddle, right? Like right. He's not going to impact you a ton in the passing game. Right. He's not going to play on special teams. When he's playing, he's playing because he's going to run the football, whereas other backs like Chris Thompson, for example, could be on the field in many more different situations. If they keep Adrian Peterson going into this year, isn't he going to have to have a role? $4 million for a guy to get six carries a game is incredibly poor allocation of resources. I think it's adorable that you think the Redskins have made a, a smart allocation right. of resources. Right, right, right. That, yeah. that they'll, um, yeah, I mean. I guess I'm, yeah. Right, mind. yeah, I mean, come on. Faux come pas on. right there. Thank you very much. I, I think I think what they have done here is He's, you know, Darius Geis insurance. And I know one of the concerns that Stefania has is that uh, they're worried that what happened with Dalvin Cook last year, that he will look good, that they will get excited, and they will press him to do too much too fast, and he potentially could be re-injured. I agree with you. Adrian Peterson is a very interesting sort of late-round flyer or handcuff here. But Geis is the guy. Geis is the future. And you can say, like, why would you spend $4 million on a backup? That is a fair question, and it is very fair to question the uh, many of the decisions that the Redskins you know front what, though, office. Here's my legitimate have made. guess: like, why would they have paid Kirk Cousins? I, right, like, right, I, right. I mean, don't my get me started on. My legitimate guess on Adrian Peterson, by the way, is that last year they signed him in August. The guy comes in, plays his tail off. Yeah, he's a player that I know that his fantasy value is one thing, and the way that, you know where he is viewed now versus where he was is like six years very ago. Very popular in the locker room. NFL players love. Adrian Peterson. Yes. Like they think he is that dude. In the same way that, like, it's not quite a perfect comparison, but, like, NBA players still love Carmelo. They, like, are pissed sure. off by the sort of the smear that they feel like he receives. 
That's Adrian Peterson in some ways in the NFL, and you respect him, and you're you're bringing back the culture. It in is. Some ways. It is. It is on some level. Yes, it is a locker room leadership hire, if you will. I will tell you that he is very close with Trent Williams. Like those course, two are yeah. very very close, and so. There, there's, you know, which is why the plan seen, was to sign Adrian Peterson to keep Trent Williams happy. Then yeah, that was one of them. Failed. Yes, it, it certainly did. Um, what a shock there. But yeah, I, I guess I'm. My belief is there'll be a, a bit of a time split early on, yeah. but over the second half of the year, it will be the Darius Guy show again, assuming health. And I think for where Darius Geis is going, currently in the ninth round, that is tremendous value for a guy that could be. You know, to get a legit starting running back, a legit three down, potential three down starting running back in the ninth round, pretty great. Last one here for the running backs is Chris Thompson, who we know is an excellent pass catching back when he's on the field. Now he has missed six games in consecutive seasons. A couple of years ago, he was, a, I think it was three seasons ago. He's a top 20 running back. It was that year where everything went wrong in terms of the backfield. Everybody was getting yeah. injured in Washington. Those, that, that kind of season, Matthew, is a Hail Mary. It's a long shot. We don't expect it. If you play in a deeper PPR league, maybe there's some value here for Thompson. Again, if they're playing from behind frequently, they're going to have to throw it to somebody, and he's probably the most, well, he's up there for a most talented pass catcher on the roster, which might be Dan with Fame Price, as we'll get into more in a bit. Yeah, we will. The problem is just, you know, you're, they injury concerns with Chris Thompson, and they want to limit his touches. It takes because like a of perfect that. scenario for him to become a player that you can count on week to week. The team is terrible. Injuries, playing from behind, can't find anybody else available to sign to count, you know, to be a counter to him. Right. Like there's a lot of things that need to go right for Chris he, Thompson he's to a, be relevant. I will say, like, look, and you and I both have him in the fifties, like just because of the sort of the depth of the position, but he could be a bargain. Like you yeah. could as a, if you as a flex in a twelve team league or something like that, fourteen team league, like he's a He's a he's he's a better fantasy asset than where he's being drafted. But I agree with you. I think the upside is probably limited. I think that was just sort of a you know a special set of circumstances a couple of years ago, and I don't know that you see that happening again. Uh, and especially with Darius Geis back, like he's he's third on the third on the depth chart for potential fantasy points in that backfield. The Redskins might need to hire a wide receiver, and I've got some ideas because hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today. Hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. But they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate to the site within the first day. NFL teams should use ZipRecruiter for their search firm. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Waitfield, how much was it? I missed that part. Faux free. Oh, all right. Free. Matthew, do you know how Who much it was? Free. I believe it was for free, oh, but I'm so I'm now weird. very upset that somehow you are winning this Twitter poll about you having a brand. 58% of our followers there that are voting in this poll at Fantasy Focus have you winning 58 to 42% on you Ma- having a brand. Matthew, Daniel has a brand. Well, Matthew, that has a lot to do with the fact that um, Daniel's been clearing his cash. Like he keeps clearing his he cash keeps, and voting. Keeps, clearing yeah. His, yeah, that's I've been watching. That's, Daniel, his, that's his brand. The Minus Show has already responded to this poll six times, so you don't need <laughs> to worry about The Minus it. Show is a strong contingent, a strong yeah, loyal group of backers. Right. We love we love the Minus Show. This this stat blew my mind, and it, and it actually it made me hurt for you, Matthew. In a league where passing touchdowns are up, Patrick Mahomes is throwing touchdowns left handed and throwing for three hundred yards in his sleep. In a league where guys are emerging every single year of the quarterback spot, your lowly, pathetic yep. Redskins offense last year managed 16 passing touchdowns. Their leading touchdown receiver last year was a five-way tie with two. 
I bet you there's got to be like some random Jaguars third string tight end at three tight ends last year. <laughs> I'm sure Kyle could find the most obscure. Mo Ali Cox had at least had over two touchdowns last Honestly, year. Honestly, the, the like third Chris string tight end the- and Mo Ali Cox and Ben Koyak combined for more touchdowns yeah. than the five way tie of Paul Richardson and Josh Dotson. And because Kyle sent me the note last night and said, "Hey, yeah, we had you know, he led them in, in touchdowns last year amongst touchdown catches with two. Yeah. Then I went back and did the research. Two freaking receiving touchdowns. Yeah. And your turn. So it's, I, I, I tell you, this. I'll tell you this. And people thought I was laughing about this and that I was joking. Jay Gruden should have gotten coach of the year nominations last because year. He should have won. Yeah. They won seven games. It's, it's they pretty had, ridiculous. They've had, they've had over 50 players on injured reserve the last two years. Like he had to start, he had to start Josh Johnson off the bench, off the street. In a game with playoff implications, Josh Johnson and by the was way, available he won until it. like a week ago to sign. Right? It's amazing. I mean, on it seriously, Jay Gruden won seven games with a collect with a ragtag collection of people that couldn't manage more than two receptions uh, for touchdowns. Blake Not Jarwin one guy. had three in one game. I mean, do you know who he plays for? Seriously. Uh, who is he now? He's, he's, no. he's no, he was with the Cowboys. I he's forget. still in the Cowboys. Is he okay. still with the Cowboys? Yeah. I thought maybe he'd moved on. Yeah. Who I might mean, think? Oh, Jeff Swaim has moved on. That's who I was thinking of. I was, I was like, I knew anyway. Jeff Swaim's now with Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. So Matthew, I right. asked this. I, I guess I don't ask it rhetorically between Josh Dotson, Trey Quinn, Terry McLaurin. Is yep. there a Redskins wide receiver that even merits being drafted in a 10 or 12 team league? I like Trey Quinn. I like Trey Quinn as kind of a deep, you know, as a 12 team PPR type or deeper. Yeah. Like I think he's going to be a, Danny Amendola type, if you will, just sort of like whether it's Keenum, whether it's Colt McCoy, whether it's Dwayne Haskins that plays quarterback. And I think you'll probably see all three of them at some point this year. Right. Which is, you know, it's the old adage. If, if, if you have more than one quarterback, you don't have any. Right. Um, which is what I think the Redskins are right now. Although I am, I'm excited about Haskins. Yeah, I'm legit excited time. about Just don't screw him up I'm, this year. Yeah, exactly. I'm, but I'm legit excited about Haskins as a Redskins fan, but fantasy wise, but I think you'll see a lot of dink and dunk. I think you will see again. Like the way Jay Gruden won seven games last year with four different quarterbacks, four different quarterbacks started for them, including our current colleague Mark Sanchez. I mean, wow. Mark, I mean, like Mark Sanchez went from starting two games to the Redskins to working with us here. You understand? So, um, or playing two games, I think, uh, for the Redskins. So the way he did that was he ran the ball. He didn't turn it over. He played good defense, right? So, I mean, they dra- they they traded up to get Montez Sweat. They signed Landon Collins to a big deal, obviously. And so they, whether you g- agree or not, Washington believes they have a pretty good defense. Okay, so this but, year. Okay, so that but how's it tied into the wide receivers? Is the question. Because like, the question is, is my point is, is it's going to be all dink and dunk? And so okay. that's why I'm saying you're asking me pick a guy. Trey Quinn's my guy. Yep, Trey I do Quinn. Th- I agree. We're hearing we're hearing great things out of camp about Terry McLaurin. Obviously, Ohio State time, uh, Ohio State teammates. By the way, just Ohio State, right? Not the. No, no, it's Ohio State University. The OSU. Ohio State University. The uh, Ohio State University. It's not trademarked yet. You know what? It's not copywritten hey, yet. So our friend, uh, you may know him. I, I, I'm sure you guys crossed paths during his time uh, before the draft. Jim Nagy, who runs yes. the Senior Bowl, who had Correct. a who worked with ESPN for like a month and a half before yeah. the draft. He, you know, him and I have exchanged messages on several occasions about very fantasy football. Guy. Very smart. And he's asked me, you know, like, how much do I dip my toe into the fantasy water? I said, it's up to you. Like, you know, if you're comfortable with something, yeah. put it out there. But, you know, you don't have to be, you know, projecting things I think like I know where you're going. Plan. You're talking about like his Twitter feed, like, it, which is great. His Twitter feed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's so, and is it at Jim Nagy underscore SB? Anyways, you can find him. Jim Nagy, executive director of the Senior Bowl. Find him on N-A-G-Y. Yep. Uh, it's worth your time. And he tweeted recently his favorite, you know, I'm going to give you a sleeper. And this was right. way before the, the buzz surrounding Terry McLaurin and training camp right. began. He said, watch out for Terry McLaurin, the third round pick out of Ohio. It's, it's at Jim Nagy underscore SB. Right. Terry McLaurin, uh, fast, incredibly fast. And not that this necessarily ties into fantasy football, but just maybe more to pro readiness. In terms of character, maybe the most pedigree and character out of any player in last year's draft class. That's how mature he is. Like incredible, which might, how that translates, maybe he is more pro-ready than your average 21 or 22-year-old would be to handle everything that goes into being a football player. I will say, so I interviewed Terry at the NFLPA rookie premiere. Yep. And while I was interviewing Terry, 
uh, Dwayne Haskins came over and interrupted the interview, just messing with him in a fun way. And like, it was immature, what you're saying? No, it's, it's yeah, obviously. Like, no, the connection between them is real. And I, I mean, I, I asked, I interviewed Dwayne and I interviewed Terry and I asked both what, what the, what as a Redskins fan we were getting in the other. And not surprisingly, Haskins could not have been full of more praise for Terry McLaurin. So I think he's a really interesting dynasty right. pick. And, and, and if, and, if Haskins becomes the starting quarterback, I think he becomes, even in, more interesting. In redraft leagues, though, both of these players, Trey Quinn and Terry McLaurin, are like final two to three round players. That's it. 100%. Jordan Reed is going right now in redraft league in the 16th round. Yeah, it's He's a final round pick. Jordan Reed, who I've got at 10 and 11. Matthew has him a little bit lower than that. You know, you were saying earlier, he could be a tight end that leads his team in targets. He has been the talk of camp this year. I know it's like the 13th time that's happened, Matthew. Right. But again... We talked about this with Evan Ingram. If you get targets, there's a better chance than not, if you play tight end, you're going to be a worthwhile investment. First three, th- first three weeks of last year, when the Redskins were relatively healthy, including Jordan Reed, who's a top nine fantasy tight end. Right. And so, like, you know, when you talk about that was the only difference. Right. Touchdowns were the issue, were the issue there. Um, look, I, I get the health concerns on Jordan Reed. There's no way to get around him, but that's baked into his ADP. He's free. He's literally not being drafted in 60% of leagues. Like Jordan Reed's only being drafted, even drafted in 40% of ESPN standard leagues. And when he is being drafted, he's being drafted literally in the 15th or 16th round. So why would you not take, I guess the argument would be like, I don't want to carry two tight ends. I hear you, but I think there's as much upside there as with anyone going past round 12. And I, you know, I've talked with, I talked with John Kime and a lot of who does a great job covering the Redskins for us. Another people and you ask him like, who's going to read the Redskins in targets and receptions this year? And everyone's like Jordan Reed. It's going to be Jordan Reed. We've heard you. We we understand everybody. You're going to say, no way. I'm not drafting Jordan Reed. I am staying away from him. And we get it. Maybe you will. But I'm just telling you, if you don't land one of those top three tight ends or Evan Ingram or Hunter Henry, maybe even Jared Cook or OJ Howard, like tight ends eight through twenty are all equally flawed, or at least comparably flawed. So I would take the risk in the final round on Jordan Reed. Hey, what are the uh, what are the odds of the Redskins to win the Super Bowl? I'm curious. Go to someone, Very go to low. Caesars. Infinite. 50,000 to 1. Stop it. They're not that bad. I want to know I what they are. Like, what, probably 250 I'm, to 1? Maybe, I'll, maybe I'll, uh, I'll throw some bones down on it. I'm, I am... Yeah. Uh, I am tomorrow morning. I am flying to Las Vegas, beautiful nice. Las Vegas. I am awesome. doing. I am doing an event tomorrow night. If you're in Las Vegas or nearby, come see me. Uh, we're going to do a fantasy football Q and A and a party with all that Las Vegas has to offer at Caesar's Palace Friday night. So tomorrow night, the 16th, uh, and then on Saturday at the Link, which is uh, across from uh, uh, which is across from Caesar's Palace. We are, uh, we're also doing a kind of a fantasy football party. I'll be hosting some drafts. Um, but, uh, also like some Q and A and we'll, we'll have some fun. So, um, you can sign up for either of those. Go to Caesars.com slash Barry, B-E-R-R-Y. 200 to one, it says. Um, 200 to one. No, why not? Okay. Well, 200 to one is the Vegas odds. Matthew, tell us about, well, you tell us about something. Uh, I believe it's, uh, sport Sport clips. clips. You give me the haircut one, really? That was the joke, yeah. Oh, I didn't even realize. Wow. I'm sorry. But tell us about it, Matthew. Like, if you needed to get a haircut. You know what I just realized? You actually do have a brand. Oh, what your is brand it? Is a, your brand is Troll. a, is a, yeah. Hmm, I was cool. gonna, yeah, I was gonna say something. Wait. Yeah. Well, your brand you, is an you, a-hole. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, Can I say that? Wow. How about wow. that? Wow. Be nice. What did they do to you? I was nice. That's a good nice. point. Sure you were did. nice. That's right. I, I could say much worse to him. That's true. You were nice. Fantastic. All right. Uh, Hey, whatever the cut, now there's a shortcut. Download the Sport Clips Haircuts app and check in online to reserve your spot. I feel like that's something Field would absolutely do. Field is always on time. Flexible and convenient when you want it. Plus, self-check-in kiosks at all Sport Clips locations. And don't forget your beard trim, Secret Squirrel. Sport Clips, you choose the cut, they cut the weight. It's New York Times bestselling author Matthew Berry with another self-serving, self-indulgent, all-about-me promo. We're starting to get into draft season, which means you need some help. Rotopass.com. Rotopass.com, the ultimate season-long fantasy football resource. It's kind of like Netflix 
But for fantasy football, you get access to way more than you need, and you just sort of pick and choose what you want. You get football, guys. You get RotoWire. You get ESPN Plus. You get a six-month subscription to ESPN Plus, which is pretty great. You get all get the fantasy show, of course, on ESPN Plus with me and Daniel. You get Mike Clay stuff. You get all sorts of tools. Um, RotoViz, Roster Watch, Football Outsiders, the great Football Outsiders, and Aaron Chat. So you get all that stuff. You get customizable ranks. You get draft software. Name it, you get it. If you use the promo code Chapin, C H A P I N. Wow. Promo code Chapin gets you ten percent off at Rotopass.com. Go there and start winning. All right, Keith, we got a couple of questions. What do you got for us? Fire away. JJ wants to know who is your top pick in a rookie draft. So I'm assuming it's a rookie rookie startup league. Ooh, that's a good one, Matthew. Kyler Murray. I was just gonna say. Kyler Murray. As much as we like Josh Jacobs, it's hard to pass on Kyler Murray. Yeah, in generally speaking, that you know, in rookie drafts, I tend to like wide receiver. Assuming it's a dynasty league, if it's a wide good rec- wide receiver, right? I, yeah, it's one. a good wide receiver. I, I tend to like those because they tend to hold their value longer. Sure, or um, running back. What? Well, yeah, you know, but uh, if it's a Saquon, you know, a, a, a yeah, top of pick, of course. Sure, sure, sure. No, I'm not saying that. Like with what I know about Saquon now, like if it's a top five running back draft pick. By the by, the NFL's standards, then yes. yes. Two years ago, I would have said Leonard Fournette, and it would have been wrong, but I would have said that. Fair enough. I think Kyler Murray is special. Yeah, me too. I think there is a very good chance we are talking about very good chances. Strong. I think there is within the realm of possibility that that we're talking about Kyler Murray the way we're talking about Patrick Mahomes a year from now. I'm Ooh. not saying I'm saying 50 touchdown passes for Kyler Murray, but I am saying that like. Like, think about how high everyone is on Baker Mayfield. He's Baker Mayfield's arm and accuracy with, like, you know, Michael Vick legs. Like, I mean, it's he's – I think he's a special player. I, I like I, how I think Steve he, Kime, their GM, has sort of progressed with his comments. It went from, like, he'll have to beat out – I don't even know who the back Josh Rosen. He had yeah. to beat out Josh Rosen no, when they drafted before him. Before that, it was, even, it was like Charles Kanoff or something. <laughs> now it's he's a generational talent. All right, Keith, what else you got for us? Yeah, before I give you the next question, Mike Clay does have a top 80 rookie running uh, rookie rankings on our site. So okay, check that out. Josh yep. Jacobs is his number one as well. But uh, he has Kyler Murray eighth because wow. he's a, he goes wide receiver heavy. So Yeah, I mean, I guess I just don't think there's a lot of— Definitely not bringing Mike back on the show. Yeah, I just, I just feel like there isn't a ton—there isn't— and history will prove me wrong, right? But I just feel like there isn't a there isn't a Julio, there isn't a you know that in this class where you feel like that's a guy I've got to. There's like plenty a, of wide receivers that are not going to score ten touchdowns in this class, Matthew. I do not know what you're talking about. <laughs> Daniel wow. Dobb. All right, Keith. What else you, you got for us? Trolling on Julio. Anyway, Next, I think Kyler's special. There you go. Next question comes from Rob. He says, "Does a league that features six point touchdowns for passes change how you rank or draft quarterbacks?" Of course, quarterbacks go earlier. Because they have a chance to be the league winners. I mean, I, I understand, like, yes, it's not like a quarterback, you know, not like Carson Wentz or Patrick Mahomes. Like, it's, yes, it, there's more of a premium because Patrick Mahomes becomes that much valuable within your draft. Not much more valuable. So the if you think about it like this, right, let's say Patrick Mahomes regresses and throws 40 touchdown passes. Well, but right, then, this yeah. year. The other thing about it is it offsets rushing quarterbacks a little bit, right? Yeah. So, like, Kyler Murray, the gap between Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray decrease uh, increases... Uh, I'm sorry, decreases, shoot, it increases in the six-point passing touchdown, right? Like Patrick Correct. Mahomes is more valuable vis-a-vis Kyler Murray in a six-point passing touchdown league because even though I think Kyler Murray could be a top-ten fantasy quarterback, I think a lot sure. of it could be because he runs for a ton of yards. Yeah, so here's the thing. If, if Let's say Patrick Mahomes or any quarterback throws 40 touchdowns. If it's six points per passing touchdown, that's an extra 80 points for the year, which is five points per game. Yeah. That's a full. That is a lot. That's yeah. a full that's, touchdown yeah, in, a, in a standard scoring league. Yep. You know? Yeah. Anything else, Keith? Yeah, we got one more for you. Okay. JT wants to know, if you go a version of zero RB and don't draft one through the first three rounds, who are your favorite upside backs to draft in rounds four through seven? All right, let's so go. I'm to looking ADP at uh, I'm looking second. at uh, ADP right now. I'm pulling it up on ESPN.com, and there's a lot of them. We already talked about one of them right now, which was I mean, but uh, so which was which was Chris Carson. Basically. But Chris- fourth round and beyond, like here's here's who's going in the fourth round: Devontae Freeman, Carryon Johnson, Josh Jacobs is going in the fifth. Uh, Freeman and Carryon would both be great guys to sort of grab totally. their love Carryon this year. Yep. Josh Jacobs is my ride or die. Moving further down, Marlon Mack, Aaron Jones, Chris Carson, Damian Williams, all of them are going uh fifth round or later on ESPN.com. For me, I like Mack fine, but you know me and Aaron Jones, free Aaron Jones. 
Chris Carson, and I'm a Damian Williams believer. I, I'm not buying this Andy Reid running back by committee thing because it, it would basically be the first time in his career he's done that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, again, this is the first, we still only had one preseason game. Like a lot of the stuff that we're talking about is, is little more than coach speak. Yeah, there's actually better value than I realized right. in the third and fourth round of running David back. Montgomery in the eighth, Miles Sanders and Tevin Coleman both yeah. in the tenth. Those Hello. are interesting guys. Yeah. A Chargers backup running back in case Melvin Gordon sits for a while. Like there's some guys you can pluck. With some good value there. Oh, yeah. Royce Freeman in the 12th, I think, is super interesting. Yeah. Latavius Murray in the 13th, like, is somebody that he needs to be rostered in 100% of leagues because obviously Alvin Kamara is being rostered in 100% of the league. But Mark Ingram has always been drafted as sort of a top 20 guy. Right. He's going to be Mark Ingram. Like, all the reports that we hear out of New Orleans is like they're not increasing Alvin Kamara's role. Like, Latavius Murray is going to basically be Mark Ingram. And Mark, Mark, Latavius Murray is going as running back 39. Interesting. I like that one. So there's more value in the zero RB strategy than I would have expected. We're back on Friday. It'll be me, Daniel, and Star Fonya Bell talking about stuff. You I'll going be to Vegas? In, I'll be in Vegas. I'm taking my uh, so my oldest son turned 21 this summer. He is so going I to am make bring, I am bring, it rain. I, I am bringing him and a couple of his buddies. They've never been to Vegas before, so uh, we will see. Hopefully, hopefully we're not arrested. By this time on Monday. I hope you are. Hangover Part 3, <laughs> coming your way soon. Talk to you then. Peace out. Ha! You're in the 06010. Never gonna hustle in case you didn't know. Matthew Berry, TMR. You, 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 you guys, go ahead. Give me grief for being on Sports Center for 45 seconds. I think you could do better than me because I don't think you could. Jail bait. You're, you're, you're terrible at hashtag improv. At, 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 at field gate. At field gate. Stefania your bell. Oh, don't let Barry convert you. Secret squirrel, Daniel Dunn. Make, 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 make it happen. Mediocre fantasy advice. You're older than people realize. That never stops. Loyal 06010 <laughs> Geico gets you access to licensed agents 24-7, which means that Geico is always there for you. If only everyone was always there for you, like your wife when you forget your keys at work. Hey, hon, you get my texts? I am looking for the spare house key. Hmm, maybe I can get through the window. Ah, <laughs> turns out the alarm works. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it, it works fast. <laughs> you, you, you should probably call me back. Geico, always there for you, with savings and 24-7 access to licensed agents.